Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where our goal is to inform, inspire, and impact you, our listening audience, so that you, in turn, will want to inform, inspire, and impact others in some way. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations at EIG. I recently read this from a business leader who said, I would like to see more investment and attention given to folks who are sharing positive news, people who are doing great things in the community. That can happen by building and nurturing relationships within the community and being in the know. Now, I believe we're doing that with our radio show. We understand that there's a whole lot of great people doing a whole lot of great things in our community, and we want to invest and give attention to that by offering a platform to nonprofits, which is a sector that isn't celebrated and appreciated nearly enough, in in my opinion. So uh, we give that platform to them so that they can share their mission, their vision, their purpose, Again, so that you, our listening audience, will be in the know. And that way you can make informed decisions on how best to contribute to the great things going on in the community. Now, I mentioned that we primarily highlight and interview nonprofit organizations, but sometimes it might be a foundation that we're making people aware of. And some of you may wonder what the difference is between a nonprofit and a foundation. Well, basically, a nonprofit or 501c3 is a public charity meaning that at least a third of its income must come from public donations. A private foundation, on the other hand, is usually funded by a single individual or a small pool of individuals. And you might think think about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation as an example. But whether it's a foundation or a nonprofit or a for-profit, for that matter, that offers support services to the nonprofit sector, They're all good people doing great things in the community and for others, and that's definitely worth investing in and supporting. My first guest today is Michelle Burmeister, Program Director of the Siebert Lutheran Foundation, and she's here to share with us how they're making a difference and an impact in our community. Welcome to the show today, Michelle. Thank you so much, Jill. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. So why don't you start by giving us some backstory on why the Siebert Lutheran Foundation was started? Thank you. So you had mentioned um, what a foundation is, and our founder was an individual. Um, His name was Albert F. Siebert, and he was the founder of Milwaukee Electric Tool Corporation, which you now know as Milwaukee Tool. Mm -hmm. And um, he created a trust to leave his entire interest in the company to advance the Lutheran Church. So um, after his death and when the family sold the company in 1976, the foundation received its major capital infusion of $35 million. So $35 million wow. in 1976 <laughs> is a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money today even. It oh is, my goodness. It wow. is. And um, we have been very fortunate over the years to see that corpus, what we call that original endowment, grow. And so we are an independent private foundation run by an independent board of directors. Okay. So then we talk about how people make a difference. Share with us how Siebert Lutheran Foundation is making their mark and making a difference in the community. Yes. So Siebert is one of the only pan-Lutheran entities in the area, and we support um, three major Lutheran synods. So those are um, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, ELCA, which it's known widely, um, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, LCMS, 
and the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, or the WELLS. And so we invest in our grantee partners, which are the nonprofits you described earlier, to help them develop healthy communities and neighborhoods. This includes access to quality education, green space, affordable health care, clean and fresh food, thriving spiritual and faith communities. Um, and we continue to be inspired by a verse from the Bible that Mr. Siebert included in his last will and testament when he vowed to leave this money um, for the good of our communities. And it's Matthew 25. Truly what I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And it's pretty admirable um, that Mr. Siebert left this money because when he made this vow, um, he was facing a failing company. And he Mm. basically said, you know, if my company survives, I'm going to give the glory to God and give this money back to his kingdom to grow his kingdom and help his people. Mm, That is so wonderful. Um, And I understand that you bring financial resources into the community. Can Can you share with us how... Siebert maximizes that and also um, through either on your own or through collaboration and relationships. Absolutely. So um, in addition to providing funding, we do really value working with other people. We value working with other foundations. And the goal of that is to Uh, share the gospel, educate children and youth, and serve the needs of our neighbors. So every year, um, we grant to about 100 organizations. In 2022, we awarded $4.4 million across about 89 Lutheran schools and churches and their ministries. Wow. Um, We give that funding to organizations mostly in a four-county area. So two of our three funding priorities are focused in Milwaukee, Waukesha, Racine, and Kenosha counties. Um, And then we have another funding priority that we grant across Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Hmm. Okay. So you guys are making a financial impact, a significant financial impact across many different uh, counties in our area. Um, you have this new initiative called Siebert Serves. Tell us, tell us more about that and why it was created in 2019. So Siebert Serves is really aimed at connecting people's passions with organizations that are meeting a community need. So a few years ago, our board had the vision of sharing our staff and their deep knowledge of the Lutheran community with others who have similar interests. And the relationships that we are creating and growing out of Seabird Serves is not only connecting donors with others who have similar interests, but spurring conversations among multi-generational families. So we're um, approaching one of the greatest transfers of wealth in our history with the baby boomers getting older and the next generation um, acquiring that. And so we're also focused on helping those people and, and guiding them in ways that they can carry on their legacy of generosity mm, with their children. Yeah. Yes, we do a lot of generational advising here at EIG. And, uh, you know, people will ask, you know, are you talking about financial legacies? And, and certainly that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But a big part of that is a giving legacy. Absolutely. You know, what does that look like for your family? Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that the Seabird Foundation specifically brings additional financial resources in the community. So does Seabird Serves do that? as well? And if so, how? 
Yes, thanks for asking that question because um, we recently had a great success story with bringing financial resources to the community through Seabird Serves, and that was with a Lutheran school that they wanted to expand and improve its music and arts program, and a fantastic initiative that gives students a well-rounded education, enhances the academic curriculum, and although it wasn't something Seabird was able to support, um, our director of philanthropy, Sarah Gilday, knew another foundation whose founder was passionate about funding arts programs. She made this introduction. He had no knowledge of the school, had never heard of them, had no connections there. And that foundation funded the school's entire arts program expansion. Mm. And that's the spirit of Seabird Serves and why we started that initiative was to not only have our corpus and what we're able to spend out of every year, but bring together others into this Lutheran community and become aware of these awesome programs and projects that are happening. Again, I say it so many times, that collaborative piece is so important because Absolutely. not one nonprofit, not one individual can do it all. But if you yeah. work together, you can accomplish great things, right? Absolutely. And I make the joke all the time that the least favorite part of my job is having a budget, but... <laughs> the B word, That's yes. reality. Yes. That's reality. And yeah. so, you know, we strive to be fantastic stewards of Mr. Siebert's original gift and then looking for creative ways to enhance that in our community. Absolutely. And you know what? Probably everybody is. You know, everybody's got that B word they got to work with. And so we're out there saying, okay... You talk with this individual, this organization, organization talks with this one, and together let's come up with something using each of our individual resources, but collectively have an impact, which is wonderful. And I think one of the neatest things that I see is a lot of the time it ends up not necessarily even being a financial connection. It can be a skill, a volunteer, right. a, a friendship that gets spurred. So yes, there's that financial piece, which is critical to our nonprofits working in our communities. But so many times it ends up being more than that or something instead of that, that is just as valuable. Absolutely. And again, worth saying, because someone might say, I don't have, I can't fund, help fund uh, an initiative or, or donate, but I can give of my time and Absolutely. that's, or talents, right? That's, that's so important as well. Um, the Collaborators event, along with all the additional funds the Siebert Foundation raises, plus their own funding of about $4 million each year, goes to support amazing nonprofits and ministries, which we're going to learn more about after our sh short commercial break. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Michelle Burmeister, Program Director of the Siebert Lutheran Foundation. So, Michelle, tell us more about the amazing nonprofits and the ministries that you are supporting through your grant making. This is my favorite topic, Jill. <laughs> so we support early childhood, K-12, through and higher education, efforts to end poverty and bring about long-term stability in communities, and programs that strengthen and grow the Lutheran Church. And um, in education, so I am the program officer for education, so I'm very close to that funding priority. We don't just give grants to schools, but we also support school support organizations. And those organizations are serving many schools and thousands of kids. Um, one partner in particular that's very well known is the Center for Urban Teaching. Um, they 
there's a lack of new teachers and a lack of trained and supported urban teachers. This is a huge issue in Milwaukee. I'm sure people have read articles about it. It's been um, front and center in education in the last few years. And their focus is identifying, preparing, and supporting teachers. And that helps many schools in our community and thousands of kids and families. So that's an example of um, outside of just the school actual traditional school model of organizations that we support in education. And Center for Urban Teaching, or uh, CFUT, mm -hmm. great organization, interviewed them a number of years ago, actually. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, very good, uh, uh, good, wonderful nonprofit doing great things. And I think you mentioned in the first segment that um, you concentrate your funding not only in Milwaukee, but also in Waukesha, Racine, and Kenosha counties. That's correct. Yeah. And our con we really concentrate on socioeconomically disadvantaged communities within those counties. Okay. Okay. So again, that's important to know. So if you're outside of the Milwaukee County, it doesn't, you know, you're not cut off. You can still get involved with it in some way and, and, uh, and, and hope to benefit from, um, from your funding. Absolutely. We do have one funding priority that does give grants throughout the state of Wisconsin. And so that priority is focused a lot on um, church initiatives. So maybe that's evangelism or new ways of doing church, um, sharing the gospel outside of a traditional chapel and pew model. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, what are some key Milwaukee education challenges that Seabird is learning about from those that you partner with? Yes. So as I mentioned, Seabird's focused specifically on Lutheran partners. And so it's not encompassing the entire Milwaukee education landscape, but from the perspective of the organization that Seabird works with, um, we're seeing a lot of schools um, facing, as I mentioned, teacher pipeline issues. So finding, retaining teachers. Um, we see quite a few hurdles um, as far as closing the achievement gap, which the achievement gap is particular to um, students of different races and socioeconomic statuses and what that looks like for their learning environments and how that gap is closed with education support resources and teachers. Okay, and so uh, what are the schools that you fund doing to address some of these challenges and, and make a positive impact on students? Well, first I want to say the Lutheran schools in Milwaukee are doing fantastic things and the surrounding area. And we're really proud of how diligently they're working to serve their students. Um, what sets them apart is that they're Christ-centered. So students are recognizing their worth as a child of God. They're hearing the gospel, which gives them hope, joy, and compassion. And that's really transforming their lives outside of education and just academic resources. Absolutely. It has a way of doing that, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And in addition to the schools that we work with, working with the Center for Urban Teaching on the teacher pipeline piece, um, we also see all of our schools working with special education and mental health services. So in the last few years, we have seen a huge increase in the need for special education services, a lot of it as a result of the pandemic. And we have seen our schools get really creative and very innovative with the way they are delivering special services to their students. So special education programs are, are one thing, and then you have students that are doing fine in the traditional classroom. Now we're seeing many more students who are falling in between that. 
So how are our schools going to be addressing the needs of every student, not just the ones that are on the one end of needing the special education services? Um, so we're really um, seeing a lot of new and different programs. We're supporting those. And then in addition to that, our mental health support services. So. Siebert specifically funds two organizations that provide in-school counseling programs for students. Um, one is Christian Family Solutions, and they also run the Strong Day Treatment Centers. Maybe also you're familiar. Also interviewed them, yes. Oh, they're Again, fantastic. Great organization, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then Lutheran Counseling and Family Services of Wisconsin also provides in-school counseling services. And there is a huge demand for this. There are not enough counselors for the students that can use that counseling. Um, so I'll put that out there on the air here that if there's anyone interested in that field, there is a huge demand and it is a wonderful place to serve children and families. These organizations also support teachers and school leaders. Um, so helping them understand the implications of mental health challenges for these students, how they manifest in the classroom, how to best address them, and then their own, the teachers and the adults in the school, their own mental health. Mm. So being a resource for them in that way too. Mm. So these are some really wonderful programs that are addressing these challenges that our schools are facing. Wow. Well, and I think we can all agree that supporting families helps a child to do better in the classroom, right? Absolutely. Um, a really great example of that is a school that Siebert's been supporting for a long time, um, St. Marcus Lutheran School, and they have a wonderful community engagement program that is specifically aimed at helping families or caregivers or guardians um, be in a place that supports the student to show up ready to learn in the classroom. So if a student is showing up and they are hungry or they slept on the floor last night or they didn't have power to do their homework, obviously that's going to impact their success in the classroom. Right, right. So St. Marcus's program is unique in, in that they have dedicated resources to working with parents and families on things like housing security, um, job searches, so helping them build a resume, make connections. Um, maybe it's a food challenge. So what are the resources for having food at home for dinner every night? So that's a really important piece is the home life of the students and their preparation for coming to the classroom ready to learn. Okay. Well, do most Milwaukee schools offer this type of support? So I'm most familiar with the schools in the Lutheran community, and I know many of them are doing some form of this support, but it's a large undertaking to offer this type of coaching and resources. And it can be challenging for schools to have someone dedicated to doing this. You know, teachers are completely focused on their role, which isn't necessarily going to be outside of the classroom, or they really don't have the time or the capacity right. to do that. Yeah, yeah. So we are blessed that so many of our Lutheran schools see the importance of that and are striving to do it. Um, but, you know, more resources would be needed to execute a full program, such as the one that St. Marcus has. Well, and you got to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, it, it's it's a situation where once it gets started, once it gets rolling, maybe other schools will see the impact, how important it is, and uh, and want to commit to something like that as well. So, um, well, lots of great things that you guys are doing at Siebert Lutheran Foundation. Uh, I'm sure there are many more things, but in the interest of time, uh, I'd like to ask you uh, about. Uh, what you'd like our listeners to know about how they can support Seabird Foundation and the work that you do. Well, thanks for that opportunity because 
if anything I shared today sparked an interest for anyone, maybe an organization I mentioned or something about Seabert's work, um, we love meeting new people. We love learning from other people. We love hearing what people are passionate about. So if there's a cause that your listeners care about and you know maybe they don't know of an organization serving that need, or maybe they have an idea and they're not sure if a program exists to address that idea, we would love to make that connection and connect you to one of our grantee partners that can guide you on a path to make an impact. So our website is seabertfoundation.org. Our entire team's contact information is there, including mine, um, or our email address is contactus at seabertfoundation.org. Okay. And what about uh, social media platforms? Are you guys on Facebook, Instagram? Yes. We're most active on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Okay. And then they can just Google Seabert Foundation and that stuff will come up. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Well, Michelle Burmeister, Program Director of the Seabert Lutheran Foundation, thank you for being here today and sharing all this great stuff with our listeners. Thank you so much, Jill. You're welcome. In our next segment, you're going to meet someone who can provide more insight into what it takes to do community engagement work well in a way that offers the most impact for families and students. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations. So I asked before the break, what does it take to do community engagement work well in a way that offers the most impact for families and students? My next guest today, Maureen Lorenz, or Mo, is from St. Marcus Lutheran School, and she's here to share her perspective on that. Welcome to the show today, Mo. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. I'm really excited to, to be a part of this. We're excited to hear all about the great things you have to say. Um, so not everyone has community engagement genes in their DNA, right? I mean, some people enjoy being behind the scenes and making their contributions to society in a much quieter, non-social way. And that's fine, too, because we need talents of all kinds, right? But I so enjoy being out there finding ways to make a difference and, of course, highlighting others who are doing it in their own way. I find it extremely rewarding. Uh, what about you? What is it about what you do at St. Marcus that you find rewarding? Well, the best part about my job at St. Marcus is that I get the opportunity to walk alongside people in a very deep and impactful way um, because I get to help people meet their financial goals and I get to journey with them and be a part of the process. This part of my work is it means a lot to me and it really resonates on a deeper level because when I reflect on how I grew up, uh, there were definitely some financially challenging times. We went through, um, yeah, some tough times, and it was nice to know that there was got to always place people in the right place at the right time to help us along. And I just want to be able to do that uh, for others and um, be able to help people move forward to a brighter future. Mm, and I imagine it's extremely rewarding. Yeah. Uh, share a little bit about the history then of St. Marcus. Well, St. Marcus is, has been serving the near north side of Milwaukee for over 150 years um, through our church and school mission. Um, our original campus is on the corner of North Avenue in Palmer, which is just east of I-43. Um, so 
no doubt in, in over the course of those 150 years the community had gone through some challenging times and St. Marcus through education church and community engagement was always really committed to walking alongside families and scholars and community members um, to provide spiritual resources and educational resources so currently today we have three campuses that are of course on the north side uh, in the Harambe neighborhood mm-hmm. and our school serves about a little over a thousand uh, scholars between K three and eighth grade. Mm, okay, so I'm curious about this community engagement piece. Um, tell us more about what that looks like at St. Marcus. So we have three areas that we focus on in our community engagement work. Uh, one of our team members focuses on working with uh, nonprofit community partners and political leaders as well as driving political advocacy and policy around education reform and school choice. Another area that we tapped into this year was working on developing a mentoring program. And next year we'll be kicking off a fatherhood initiative because we really feel um, strongly that a strong family in our community is a healthy thing. And so we want to provide opportunities for fathers to get engaged with um, with their kids and be a part of the community. Mm, absolutely. Uh, uh, a whole family unit is is the best. That's the way it was designed to be. And that's ideal, right? Yeah, I was going to say, so those were, that's two areas. And then my corner of work um, at St. Marcus and the community engagement team is really focusing on financial empowerment for the families of our school and providing opportunities for people to learn um, learn more about the financial uh, um capacity that they have and be able to reach their goals. Okay, so I find that interesting. It, you're a life coach at a school. You know, it's not something that's typically offered to parents at a school, I would say. So how did St. Marcus come up with that idea to hire a life coach to work with the families? Well, typically St. Marcus has always been, had a like a commitment to exceptional education in the community. Um, after many years of um, of getting into the education, we found that some of the families would have financial hardship and, you know, maybe a family member had lost a job or um, or maybe they were on the verge of being evicted. And so obviously at times our staff members would try to, you know, jump in and help when they could, but being, you know, teachers, they, they were focused was really in the classroom. And so our um, our superintendent had always had dreams of having um, a team member that was going to come alongside families and help them more grow towards that long-term financial growth. And so with that being said, I was, my kids were at the school and I had talked to Mr. Tyson and said, you know, I love this school so much. I was very involved as a parent and congregation member um, on the school council. And I said, you know, I just kind of wanted more. And I said, if you ever had it you know, something, a project you wanted to work on, I'd be happy to jump in. And then he put together his job description, and I, of course, read it and loved it and jumped right in. And here you are today, <laughs> right? That's, that's and I right. think that's very unique, and, and what a neat thing for the families and the students to have a resource like that. Um, how do you go about financial empowerment, then, for the, for the families of St. Marcus? What does, that, what does that look like? So when I first started the position six years ago, I started by partnering with some local organization to lead some general financial literacy classes and um, connect in having some people share pathways for home ownership. What I found was that there was a lot of interest um, on those topics. Um, so people were very interested in the classes. But what I came to find out is that 
people would attend the classes. And then when I would follow up with them maybe a week or two later, like how was that going with the budget or whatever, you know, the, the topic of the class would be, I found that there was a disconnect with the implementation of the content mm -hmm. that they learned. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started hearing that over and over and over again, that's when I thought, okay, I think we might be missing the boat here with a little bit of the programming. And so then I started journeying along with some of the uh, individuals and we would come get together and, you know, I want to hear about their um their goals, and so that's when the the one-on-one the -on -one life coaching kind of came about. Very nice, very nice. Well, what have you learned then <laughs> after working so intimately with the parents of the school? Well, I've learned a lot um, over the course of the last six years. Um, I would say probably the most inspiring part is how hardworking um, the people that are, I'm working alongside typically, and it's not always this case, but it just tends to be that I end up working with single moms and they are very, very committed to their goals. Um, oftentimes, the individuals I'm working with might have two or three jobs that they're working to really try to hone in on their goals of maybe home ownership um, or maybe getting out of debt, increasing their credit score, whatever that may be. And so um, I, I've just been very inspired by that. I've also learned that there's a really big gap in um, some of our lower income communities with just general financial literacy and understanding what it takes to become a homeowner and what how to kind of get to that that end zone to become a homeowner. And so I, I can't tell you like how many times um, I was in like a one on one coaching session. And at the end of the session, I would be, you know, you know, we're kind of friends at this point And you know, someone would look at me and like with tears in their eyes and they're say, they'd say, I just can't believe I'm hearing this information for the first time. I'm mm -hmm. 30 years old and no one's ever thought this to me. You know, I wish I would have known this like 10 years ago. Um, so that has been really um, eye-opening to me yeah, to be able to fill that gap. And then I think for me as a per personal level, I just realized the joy of um, and how much joy I, I get out of coming alongside someone and just being a cheerleader, encourager, and, you know, picking people up when, when the plan doesn't go the way it's supposed to go. Right. I just really love just that relationship component. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't always go the way it's supposed to go. You know, <laughs> life just throws you a curveball and you just have to say, okay, well, this happened and now what? And to have a life coach working with you to help you navigate those those tough waters at times is really great. And I imagine that success has looked very different for uh, participants over those last number of years. Yeah, I've seen um, a variety of different levels of success. I've seen single moms pay down thousands of dollars in debts um, over the course of only six months. And that positions them to be able to get pre-approved to become a homeowner. I've seen single moms go from being evicted and homeless um, to diligently working over the course of five years to be able to um, purchase their own home. And that's just disciplined work um, year after year, you know, day after day, all that. And then I've also seen people who have had no idea how to make their numbers work and their budget work. They um, one of the gals that I had worked with said that she would log into her bank accounts in her online banking and she said, I would get physically ill because I just had no idea how to, how was I going to make this work? I have all these bills coming. And so just trying to navigate that on her own was just without somebody, you know, kind of guiding her. 
um, it was just so overwhelming. And then now seeing her all these years later when I steer in the hall, like, hey, I'm still paying my bills every month. So, so just seeing that growth and the sense of pride that people have, that's just been awesome. I bet. I bet it has. Wow. Well, we're actually going to hear from one of the St. Marcus parents who has taken full advantage of the parent empowerment program. And she's going to share with us what she was able to accomplish. You don't want to miss this inspiring story. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Relations, and I'm talking in our last segment with Mo Lorenz, Life Coach at St. Marcus Lutheran Church and School. And we've also invited a special guest today, Colette Lewis, to join our conversation. Colette is a parent at St. Marcus who took full advantage of the parent empowerment programs and is here to share what she was able to accomplish. So thanks for joining us today, Colette. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So first off, tell us how you heard about the financial empowerment programs that are offered at St. Marcus. Um, I remember getting dressed for work one morning, and um, it was on Channel One News, and I seen uh, Mo on Channel One, and I was always getting these text messages from Mo (laughs) inviting me to these programs at St. Marcus. So um, I gave her a call, and when I gave her a call, I said, Mo, you know, is this something that you think that would benefit, that I would benefit from? And her reply was so welcoming. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll try it. Um, we we got together and you know we talked about it and and talked about all of my financial like broke down everything and you know that I was dealing with in my life and we broke it down and we we talked we even cried yeah. <laughs> you know we just really broke got down into the necessities of things that I needed in life yeah that's that's wonderful and again just knowing that someone is there to walk you through it tears and all yeah you know tears can be very cathartic and I know people will say sometimes even on the show I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through my story without tears and it's okay I mean it's it's a good thing so um uh what was the the goal I mean did you have a particular goal that you wanted to work toward as you were understanding all these things that you now had at your fingertips well my goal was to bring my credit scores up I wanted to own my own home. Um, I had goals and and dreams of having my own business and, um, you know, just starting a life for me and my kids, you know, that we can call our own. Hmm. And Mo opened my eyes to that. Mm. Thank you, Mo, right? Yay. (laughs) Mo's in your corner. It's good. It's good. And I understand it took you about 16 months of that discipline from the time you started your journey to the time that you reached your goal of becoming a homeowner through Habitat for Humanity, another great nonprofit who we've had on our show. Um, Can you describe for our listeners what it meant for you to become a first-time homeowner and move into your brand new home after working so hard? So the first thing we did, we, we jumped into my financial part of of my life and we broke down the things that I needed to take care of. So you would always have to go back and, you know, revisit those things that were hindering your credit scores and, and hindering you from, you know, becoming better. So we did that. And then um, 
we took the time and I said, hey, Mo, you think I'm ready? You know, because I had tried before to become a Habitat homeowner. And when I tried before, there were some things that I needed to take care of. And she showed me and, and held my hand and, and walked me through on how to get rid of those those past finances and, 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 and go for my goals. So um, we did that and I applied for the Habitat Foundation and this time I got in and Mo was Yay! right on the side saying yes go for it go yes, for it. Yes that's awesome and congratulations. Thank you and I kept getting yeses so you know I knew it was divine intervention at that point. Mm. And you know what I think it's important to say that um, it it when when we're praying so fervently for something, God may just say not now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and you may think that it's a no, but He was preparing you yes. and He was helping you through Mo to get uh, some things in order, and you kept going until you got that yes, and yes. and that's that's wonderful. You know, we all can understand how hard setting a a really challenging goal can be, and some may say, you know. I just can't get past the setbacks that I've experienced. Can you share with us, Colette, if you've had any setbacks reaching your goal of becoming a homeowner? And if so, how did you overcome them? Um, I had a couple of setbacks financially because once you start bettering yourself, you have to face the past. As I said, um, I had debts from years ago that I had to resurface. Um, I had to discipline myself. I had to discipline my family and reprogram us, you know, from our wants and our needs and uh, focus on the goals that were in front of us. So it was life changing for everybody. Um, Mo showed me how to repair my credit and regain my power back. And from there. It was all in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Well, and you said you had differentiated your wants and your needs. And I think, uh, like I said before, sometimes it's not now. You know, you, yeah. s- you say, okay, maybe this this desire, this want is is not a no. It's mm-hmm. just not it's right just now. Not right and right I now. think that was, yeah. that was your situation. You mentioned family. What did your family and friends think about your accomplishments? Um, I had a few people that thought, oh, my goodness, Colette, are you really going to do this? And, and you, <laughs> you said, know, my, darn right, I am. I am and look know? at me, I did. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just a believer. If your dreams don't scare you, then you're not dreaming big enough. That's so inspirational. You know, you we're not saying that um, a goal may not be, uh, there may not be fear associated with mm-hmm. it. You know, you just walk through that fear or, or walk with someone through that fear uh, and you get to the other side. And once you get to that other side, it's so, mm-hmm. so wonderful. Um, why was it important for you to have St. Marcus's support on your journey? The support from St. Marcus is indescribable. Um, just knowing that my kids had just more than me to lean on. St. Marcus has come through for me and my family mm. on several occasions. I mean, I can't ex- express it enough, you know, knowing that my kids know when they go to St. Marcus, they're just at another home. Sometimes me being a single mother, you know, you need that helping hand. Sure. And knowing that I have St. Marcus there, you know, it's just, you know, it's I can't thank them enough. Mm. Well, you know, I think it goes both ways. Mo, you would say what a blessing it was that you learned uh, some things from uh, from Colette as well. I mean, you Colette, you talk about how important it is, um, you know, that's, that St. Marcus was with you on this journey and how important Colette was. But so oftentimes it's, it's reciprocated. You know, the other person is like, I've been blessed just as much. Yeah, I mean, 
I think about, I look at Clint and I got a friend out of the deal and mm. I, I'm just, I'm such Score. a relational yeah. person that <laughs> I love getting messages. We were texting and I'm getting a little emotional about it right now, but I've gained a new friend yeah, and that is absolutely. super special. Yeah. Can never have enough friends, right? right? Good friends. So now that you've accomplished that very important goal of home ownership, do you have other goals that you're working towards? I do. Um, my next goal is to start my home daycare, which will be opening soon. Yay. I would also like to go back to school and finish my nursing degree and become a mentor for single moms on how to raise and maintain healthy families and encourage them not to give up. Okay. I have so many parents or I meet other uh, single moms like myself who say they can't. And I just want to be that person to say you can. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is so, so great. Do you have a name for your new business yet? I do. And Ni what is it? Nyla's Playground. Nyla's Playground. Mm -hmm. So you listeners, if you're in the area, uh, where, where Harambe is it? area, Harambe area, mm -hmm. just look for that. Look for that. <laughs> um, and, and take this story and, and, you know, maybe put it into practice or share it with someone that you think needs to hear it. Because when you share something inspirational and impactful, you, you don't want to keep it to yourself. You know, you want to share it. That's again, why we do this show, which it's so, it's so rewarding to be able to share all these great things that number one, nonprofits and foundations are doing in our community, but also to hear from the recipients of those great services and how their lives have changed. That's, that's great. Um, what would you tell someone, Colette, who feels like there is no hope for changing their future? I would encourage and empower them to take back their life and ability to live. I want to be able to give them the tools and the resources to survive and let them know if you can endure the weight, you can inherit the promise. Mm. God will abundantly bless you in the end. Oh, my goodness. There's so many scriptures that could go with yeah. with that. Probably don't have enough time to start quoting them all. But, yeah, that is so, so true. Yeah. Don't give up. And God may take you through the fire, but guess what? You'll... You know, you'll be better for it on the other side. Absolutely. So that's that's so awesome. Thank you so much, Colette, for sharing your story today. That's that's great. Um, so, Mo, so many great things going on at St. Marcus. Maybe there's somebody listening that says, I love this idea. I think I want to get involved somehow. Give us some ideas of ways that people can get involved at St. Marcus. Well, there are a few ways that if, you know, you're inspired by the story and you want to get involved, I would say if you haven't yet had a tour at St. Marcus, schedule a tour. Check out our website, um, stmarcus.org. If you don't want to go that route, you could always just pray for the city. I encourage people to focus the prayer on helping people find, um, see hope in their future so that they can find a better pathway forward and believe that they can do it. And then um, there's also, if you wanted to uh, make a financial contribution, you're welcome to do that. With the work that I do, um, you know, I'm trying to help people who want to help themselves. And there are times where um, certain situations, they get like a, they need a little jump start. So we have our benevolent fund. So that would be a way to get involved as well. Okay. Social media platforms? Do you have yes. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, that kind of stuff? Is it easy to just Google uh, St. Marcus? Yep. Okay. So, uh, yep. yeah. Um, but make sure you Google St. Marcus Lutheran Church and School because you don't want to It'll probably take you to Marcus Corporation, and yeah. that's not what we're talking about here today. So, um, okay, well, I want to thank all my guests today, Mo Lorenz, life coach at St. Marcus Lutheran School and Church, and Colette Lewis for sharing your success story and your passion. 
for what St. Marcus and Mo have done for you, and also Michelle Burmeister uh, from the Siebert Lutheran Foundation. Uh, we so appreciate all that you all do for the community and how you make a difference in the lives of others, so thank you. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, you can reach out to Siebert Foundation or St. Marcus directly. And if you have a connection with a nonprofit or maybe you've been the recipient of an awesome program that they offer, like Colette has been, and you'd like to recommend them to be a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Tune in next Sunday morning at 10 to Milwaukee's philanthropic community to learn more about ways people and organizations are making a difference for others in our community and making it a great place to live and to work and play. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio, or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, and you can now listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com because you can now listen to Uh, previously aired shows, but also you can listen on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So if you agree with the business leader statement that I quoted at the beginning of the show, and you too would like to see more investment and attention given to folks who are sharing positive news, people who are doing great things in the community, then start to build and nurture relationships within the community and seek to become in the know. Think about how you can inform, inspire, and impact those around you. I'm confident in so doing, you will have found a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening today and have a great day.